All right, hello and welcome to 5 Minutes with Sean, maybe 10 special edition. Today is special because uh, my friend David at AutoSuite asked me to uh, partake in a guest blog for him and I uh, kindly asked him if I could just turn it into a podcast because I am much better talker than I am a writer. So he gave me that opportunity to do it and that's what we're doing today and because it's going to give kind of the message a little bit of cross promotion of uh, opportunity Honestly, I, I want to take uh, I want to take time today to to really jump into something that we've been working on at Carbiz since heck man since we started Carbiz and it's really important to me that we start defining things a little bit differently um, as it relates to some some of the attribution terms and so I'm going to introduce a new one today uh, it's opportunity attribution and the reason that I, I introduce it is because I figured if everyone's going to talk about sales attribution um, we should probably step back a second and take a look at the opportunities that lead up to this sale and Frankly, sales attribution is something I'd like you to eliminate from your vocabulary as it relates to marketing. Um, I'm going to show you throughout the course of this podcast that the idea of sales attribution is misguided when tying it to the advertising dollar. Um, and the reason people are doing it now, and uh, I've, had a, I've had a recent discussion with a large attribution company uh, who actually, you know, uh, leading into the conversation, I was very skeptical. I don't really care much for the idea. And after talking with this young man, uh, Ben, he, he, he kind of convinced me uh, to a level that the reason that this is happening, sales attribution, is because no one knows any better because the only thing a dealer can guarantee me right now today, if I picked up any uh, of the phone numbers in my phone and called it and said, look, what can you tell me today about your sales number? 99.9% .9 of dealers would know exactly what was going on. But if I started to dig deeper and I started to ask for a number of opportunities, I started to ask for floor ups, phone calls, just right there, forget leads, just phone calls and ups. And more importantly, ups, the conversation typically dies out very, very quickly. And so opportunity attribution is going to kind of showcase why it's important to study everything that leads up to it. Uh, the sale of a car because if you look at just tying the dollar to the sale, what happens is you miss where your actual breakdown is and I'm going to give you a real world five year in the making example of it. So it starts at the beginning. Uh, we at Carbiz were invited to work with a group right out of the gate in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a centralized BDC, large organization. And so um, jumping in, I knew that there was a lot of disconnects between the stores and the BDC, but the one thing that wouldn't change, the one thing regardless of whatever you found, whatever you did, one thing that was not going to change was going to be the centralized portion of the conversation. So we dug in and we said, all right, how can we do things differently? What can we make things look like? And so what happened was we decided that instead of making this centralized BDC in the beginning all about appointment, 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 let's just start getting them to, to look at the contacts making engagement with a customer. And obviously when they take a phone up, that's a contact. But we're talking about incoming leads. Um, centralized BDC at this time was getting thousands of leads for 15 plus brands. And so when, you, when you're looking at that kind of a scale for people, you need to start breaking it down to the basics and, and, and the minimums, right? So we started to say a 50% contact was a minimum rate for an individual BDC rep. 
And when they would do this, they would have the 50% contact. We would then isolate the leads inside of that individual and look at those sources. So now you say, okay, so I know I know where the agent is. That agent set 20 appointments. Um, he's a rock star. But wait a second. He actually did that on 100 leads. Now that's not as impressive, right? But wait. He only contacted 40 40 of the 100. So now he set 20 appointments out of 40 people that he talked to. So what he has as a BDC agent is a contact problem. So when you're looking at the leads that come in, excluding obvious phone apps, even chats and texts, because again, that's initiated, uh, the lead format of it, the reaching out, that part of the engagement, that's where you want to see this disconnect. So you... We studied it that way and we were able to say, okay, we, we moved the needle on the contact rate for the agent. And this really, the agent part of it's important, but what's more important is starting to look at the sources, the internet advertising sources that we're discussing. So at the time they were buying leads from everywhere. I mean, just absolutely everywhere. It was, just, it was an inundation of the more, the wider the net, the, the more fish we'll catch. It's just, that's just how it was and it was, it was fine. Well, there was also a ton of automation in the process at that time, early AI, if you will, just people responding via a machine, um, starting email conversation, etc. Obviously, I know it's come a long way and I'm not even really here to talk about that. But the point was we wanted to eliminate it so that we start getting into the people. But we knew we had to eliminate the lead flow because the reason for the AI is because everyone's overworked, which is probably still true today. But either way, this was five years ago. And so that was the goal. We wanted to slow the conversation down. We want to say to ourselves, OK, eliminate everything that we can. So we cut back some lead sources. We just had known through the history of being in this business as long as I have, they were just bad. So we just we just cut some out, right? We started to, to, to down the lead number. People started to get nervous. Then we started to talk about how pay plans were going to evolve because of the contact rate, because of what we were looking at. And that was going to become extremely important to the process. But again, I'm not by trade a BDC guy. I love the idea of doing what we did in, in Wisconsin. It's, it's awesome. It was the most fun I think I've had in dealerships for a solid three years. I mean, it was a blast just going through each and every phase of, of the operation. But I am a marketing guy. I get into the data side. So I start looking at traditional last click attribution, which to be fair is really the only way to look at things when you're trying to start somewhere. Because again, back to the principle, the reason we use the idea of sales uh, is because it's guaranteed, no doubt about it. So we need to then start to figure out backwards from there. So when we looked at contact rates, you could jump into the agent or you could jump into the lead the way the CRM was set up and you could look at you look at contact rate, then you can look at of those contacts what showed. So now we're starting to isolate a different number, an in-store opportunity, right? Because just because you contacted someone and they didn't set an appointment doesn't mean they won't show. So you still have to you still have to track that customer. That's an in-store opportunity for that agent at some level. If you're trying to attribute things, which we're trying to do every single day in this industry, then we should attribute it down to the minutia. If you really want to do it, let's do it. And that's what we've been doing with these guys, right? So you're starting to see contact rates, in-store opportunities based on these things. So you say by each lead provider, you go, wow, the contact rate was 60%, in-store opportunities were 70, close rate was 14. I have a selling problem, I need to address that. And again, that's how you can find the problem. If you say auto trader lead plus this equals sale in the last click attribution model, then you'll give, you'll, give a, you'll give a marketer credit or not credit for the sale of a car, which is nonsense, you need to eliminate that. You need to, to remove all of that. What, where a sale happens is at the salesman level. And so in this 
equation, um, what we had to do was we had to say, okay, inside of a store, because it's a centralized BDC, we must have in-store specialists. Yeah, we all love acronyms, ISS, whatever, you doesn't matter. I get it, all right? But they're acronyms. I, I, we came up with the name and the acronym followed. So the in-store specialist does the work, right? They go to work on it. What we're able to see now is how many appointments the BDC set, how many B, uh, appointments the actual uh, salesman set of those shows, how many of them did he sell. That is sales attribution. Knowing the salesman's number of opportunities in a given month, and in this equation, it's a centralized BDC with leads coming in, no phone ups, no nothing. Everything runs through the BDC, okay? A lead is a lead there. That's how it works. So this guy is just getting his opportunities. Let's call him 20, okay? He gets 20 leads. He gets 10 people to show he sells five cars. That's fine. That's no problem with that. But if he sells two, we know we can improve where he sells cars, okay? But if he can only get five people to show, now you can isolate he has a showing problem. You see, the problem is everything is too siloed, right? That's why we can't see these things. And I get it. The data is not set up that way. And yes, you may have to use the magic of Excel, okay? You may have to do that. But this is how you have to do it if you really want to pay attention because opportunity attribution is all anyone's talking about. They just keep calling it sales because they don't know any better. We know better. You know better. I need more focus on the number of opportunities for a dealership. That is what I'm after. Once you know the number of ups in a store, I just recently gave a talk out in Orlando and one person, the sweetest young girl in the middle of the room, meagerly says, I know. She's the only one in a room of 50 plus people to say it. The only one. So it tells me, and she's doing it with a tick sheet, God bless her, I don't care. Figure out what your tick sheet is and get to the bottom of it, but dig into your leads. Look at how many are contacted of each provider, okay? Then you'll see what your agent's issues are. Once you isolate that, get it over to the sales team, measure and track how many opportunities, even if it's not a centralized BDC, even if it's an in-store BDC, it makes no difference. Salesmen, not all are created equal. You must isolate the good ones. You must get involved with them and make sure that you can focus and understand how many opportunities they had because you wanna feed the beast. Let's face it, that's what today is about. I want you to understand who the store personnel are that rock. I want you to remove the idea of tying your marketing dollars back to a sale. We're going to get into in the second half of this, um, which, you know, I don't typically do two parters, but the second half of this is why, you know what? Forget the second half. Let's just, let's ride out a little bit longer and I'll make it happen. I don't want to keep people in suspense. So, what I want to do is I want to take it now. The reason I don't want you to look at the marketing side is because if you look at opportunities into the store via phone ups, which is probably the biggest black hole in our industry, period, especially if mobile is up and calls are on the rise everywhere you look, hundreds and hundreds from different sources, that right there, that is what we need. That is what we need to be focused on. Not not what, what provider sold us a car. If you spend what you can afford on your budget and maximize it with the best possible vendors and looking at the, you know, the data that makes sense. And for us, in our case, that's GA, that's any of the big threes back end, that's your chat company, stacking all of this data, looking at the number of opportunities that come into your store, source them in the store, go about that 
every way you can. But I think what ultimately I want to see is I want to see attribution companies start getting into showroom attribution. And, and so during my conversation with my man, Ben, he informs me that there is an opportunity perhaps in the future for this discussion to take place. So what does he tell me then? He goes, well, I talked to a few different people and it's kind of 50-50, you know, the dealers who... Uh, don't want to hear it, want to hear about sales attribution. The dealers who want to hear it don't want to hear about sales attribution. Here's the deal. Everyone should agree they don't want to hear about sales attribution from their marketing dollar. All it's doing is driving you guys nuts. It's not helping you isolate what truly ails you. You need to look at sales attribution as something humans do with other humans. Handshakes and sales, that's what you need to look at. Marketing dollars about effectiveness. It's about market coverage. It's about using tools that your people will use. If you have a sales manager who hates AutoTrader but you don't and you pay for it and he doesn't use spotlights, everyone wastes money. This is why it's important to spend what you can afford on the tools people are going to use day in and day out. That's how we stack the data. Once you have people using things consistently, and I hear all the time, Sean, you can't use last click, it's garbage in, garbage out. But it, here's the deal. If everyone's been together more than six months, and I look in the six-month data set, the same garbage is the good news. Regardless if it is, I'm going to look at the same exact thing each and every month. And I'm going to isolate it because people are creatures of habit. So if they're bad at one thing, they'll be bad at that thing all the single time. So there's a combination of that, looking at that, and then taking it back and saying to ourselves on the first click side of things, looking at GA, okay? And, and merging that first click, yes, the data exists for first click attribution. You can see it. It's just one click. Get into it. Look at it. Even compare it to last click just to see where that ends. But again, I got to be honest with you guys. I got to make a small case here for the idea of last click attribution still being the most important because if a, if a person is going to look at 18, 19, 17 sources before they enter a dealership and they're only going to two dealers or yeah, two dealerships and only uh, what I saw the young lady from Google made a quote, 76% of people bought a car without submitting a lead. So that's 24% of people who did, right? So all of a sudden lead quality should be the highest thing ever because only 24% of people are actually submitting them. And now now the 24%, my website is the best at doing that, but I can't use last click? Well, why is that? Look at the numbers we just broke down. He did the job, man. He was at 18 other places. This place caught him, period. Moving on, because as a dealer, I'm always going to value that information. We're still going to look for leads. We can talk about how they're not here. We can talk about how they're going away. But you can start looking at things like digital retailing and big organizations like You Know Who Automotive who are getting into digital retailing and see for yourself that everyone is still very much trying to be in the lead business. They're just rewrapping it. So you're going to have to blend last click and first click to figure out opportunity attribution. I'm going to leave it at that. All right, guys, thank you so much. I ran a little bit over today, but damn, this topic gets me going. It's so much fun. Uh, I want to hear more from anybody who has a thought on it. I know it sounds like wordplay. It's more than that. It's truly looking at things differently. And almost anywhere you find me over the next 12 months, this is all I'm going to be talking about. So stop me. Let's chat about it. I want to hear the opinions. Thank you so much. As always, you can text, call, whatever you'd like, 262-278-0157. Email me, sean at carbizdonebetter.com. 
or check me out on LinkedIn. I am there all the time doing uh, plenty of other things. So again, thank you very much to my boy David at AutoSuite, uh, my boy Ben from uh, Big Attribution Firm out there doing a, a nice job of changing my, uh, my thought process, really getting me motivated to bring this message to the masses and really enjoy it uh, as we have. So uh, as I like to say, you can take a dealer to leads, uh, but you can't make him sell them. So think about that and let's talk soon. Thanks.